Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we do have Joanna Chudy. She's uh, back in the south end of Calgary. She's doing the text again for us. So um, if you have any text or, or calls or you guys, most of you know the drill. It's 403-974-8255 or out of town, 1-800-563-7770. So uh, lots going on. It's been a, a great May so far. Pretty decent. Good little rainstorm last night, which is kind of nice when it goes through overnight. And then you wake up, a little bit of moisture in the ground. And it's good for your for all your trees and shrubs and your flowers that you've planted. But uh, Joanna and I were talking earlier too, and I'll mention a couple times throughout the show, if you are planting new trees and shrubs, even a rain like that last night is still not enough for your trees that you've just planted because you got to get the water down two or three feet. So you'll still need to do that slow and deep watering, um, get the water down, especially if you're doing the caliper trees or the big 15-gallon or 20-gallon pots. You're going to need to uh, get the water down there. That's the most important thing is uh, is if you're doing that. So anyways, if you'd, uh, I'm going to head right to the phone lines right away. We got a few people on on the line here already. So I'm going to, I'm going to head it up and I'm going to go to Al. Good morning, Al. Yes. Good morning, Earl. I got about uh, some uh, problem with this, the red blotch disease on the amaryllis plants. And of my six plants, I have uh, about five of them that have got this disease, and I cut the leaves off uh, that were affected. I checked the bulbs, and the bulbs haven't been, uh, they're still firm and everything else. Yeah. I was going to use the, uh, that Bordeaux uh, copper spray, but uh, with the number of plants I had and everything else, I found it very kind of difficult to treat them in the way that I should. And so I ended up just uh, cutting the leaves off. And the remaining leaves, there's about, oh, about four or five inches of leaf. Some of the leaves have uh, dried up and everything else. Is it possible that these leaves will regrow again this season? Um, if you've, and it's still, you've left it in the pot and everything, you just yeah, pulled yeah. the leaves off. Yeah, it, it's very much, um, you're able to do that as well. Like, it'll... It'll send out uh, new leaves and stuff like that. And and you're sure, you're pretty sure you get any kind of rotting because sometimes it's also, um, if you have it in <coughs> too hot of spot, sometimes you can get the red look on it. But if you're getting the red blotchy all over it on all of them, I would say you probably got it. Yeah, what, ha- what happened was that we had picked up a, uh, a uh, some kind of a plant from one of the box stores and brought it into the house, and we didn't realize that it had the the infection. And uh, what ended up happening was that about uh, five of my amaryllis plants got infected. And uh, uh, is this disease uh, uh, in the soil as well? Yeah, usually on the fungus, it'll be right in the soil as well. So that's what makes it tough. And I'm just sort of reading up on some of what they're recommending a bit more now to uh, um, what they're sort of saying is try digging up the dormant bulbs, removing the disease part, then soak them in 1% bleach and water or 1% hydrogen peroxide solution for an hour and then dry after the treatment. So they're thinking that can get in and, uh, and kill off the fungus. Okay. 
Uh, will it do any good to uh, put the plants outside now for the yeah. rest of the season? Yeah, in the sun, absolutely. But um, I think I'd maybe like let them go dormant, do their thing, and then uh, try that uh, with uh, with the bleach or the hydrogen peroxide. Okay, well, I guess that's uh, what we're trying to try and do then. Yeah. Uh, I kind of hate to throw the, the whole bulb out and everything else, but I know that I definitely will be uh, uh, when I do put them into a dormant situation, they will end up uh, <laughs> getting a whole bunch of new soil and everything else. And, uh, and just when you start with new, when you re- go to repot them, make sure you have a good clean pot that's sterile, new soil. Yeah. And stuff like that, so that way you're not spreading it if it is still there. But I think doing that, soaking them in the when the bleach solution, that'll kill off the any of the virus or any of the contamination with the fungus, and then you can uh, go from there. Okay, heck of a deal. Yeah, All we're right. out to we're out to your store there on uh, on Wednesday, and I was impressed by the <laughs> the uh, selection of plants that you have there, and uh, you sure got a good amount of staff there that uh, sure know their stuff out there. Yeah, I know, and that's. And I'm glad you said that because it, it is like sometimes we get some people say, uh, you're a little bit more expensive than a box store. But we have some of the best staff in Calgary, horticulturists. Like I, I have to pay a lot of them more money than typically, <laughs> you know, but it, but you're also getting all the information. You're getting advice and all that comes with it. I can't sell it for what uh, Costco or something does and then not and have staff that I have. Like they use the plants as a lost leader. Like when when you go to independent garden centers, this is what we do. And oh yeah, and and you're getting quality plants. Well, I was, I was just impressed by the selection that that you have out there. You know, yeah, I know uh, lots of lots of pots. I, I like to claim I'm the biggest pot dealer in Calgary. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely say that. Yeah, all right, sure. all right. Okay, Thanks, well, I brought them around. All right, take care. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Where am I at? And Joanna's gotten lots of text on her end, so I'm going to go to Craig. Good morning, Craig. Morning. How can we help you? I've got a bunch of dead spots on my lawn, um, a lot from dogs, and one where we had a big, huge one where we had a gazebo. And I'm going to throw some grass seed down. Yep. And you were talking about, you always talk about some kind of fescue grass seed or something? Yeah, Ecolon. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, but if it, but it will look a little bit different than your other grass, right? Okay. So we we also have the Manderley grass seed that's the exact same, and it has some fescues in in it as well. It's a drought tolerant, and it matches most sods really well because okay. it's the same seed that we have in our sod. All right. So what? So what I would do is this in those areas, give them really really good raking, like where the gazebo is and the dead spots. Right. Put a little bit of loam down or okay. three-in-one mix or something like that first. Just, okay. You don't need a lot, but All just right. put put enough down and then put a good, um, put the grass seed, rake it again um, just to mix the seed in with the soil. And then I would give it a shot of fertilizer with the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer and give your whole lawn at the same time. And then it should fill in pretty quick. Well, you answered my next question. Thank you very much. All righty. All right. Yeah, just you got to keep it moist for the first bit to get it going, but then once it gets going, you you will fill in pretty quickly. All right, great, thank you. All right, bye bye. Okay, bye. All right, I'm gonna go to Louie. Good morning, Louie. Good morning. Hi, how can I help you? Have a fair-sized tomato plant. Lots of blossoms. Blossoms fell off. No tomatoes. Huh. That. Is is the does the plant itself typically look fairly healthy? Yes. 
Okay, because my my only one thought is if it's if it's falling off, it could be getting too wet. Um, with the with the blossoms fall off is a lot of times when the, when the tomatoes just not drying out, getting too wet. So if you're getting the flowers mm-hmm. and all that, that would be my first thing is that they do need to dry out in between waterings. Okay. Um, and not like bone dry, but. Like let them dry in between um, waterings, and then that will ensure that it stays fairly um, healthy. Okay, okay, I can do that. Yeah, because if you're getting blooms, you're doing everything right. So um, that's trying to think. Or is it in a super hot spot, or has it been in a cold spot? That would be the other. Well, it's been getting the morning sun. Okay. Which is normal, but it's not like sitting in a, like an oven area, like where it's just getting super hot. No. Okay, because no. that would be the other thing. So I would, I would just try and do a little bit more. Um, just let let it dry out a little bit more in between waterings. I will do that. Alrighty, thank Thanks. you. Bye bye. All right, and where am I at for time? I might just go to Mark. And Mark is calling in from Prune It Up. He's our, running our arborist division down at Spruce It Up. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How's things up in the trees? Oh, doing pretty good. Uh, pretty excited. We, uh, we'll be starting up our deep root feeding this week. So uh, get some uh, much-needed nutrients into the root system of these trees. It, Looking forward to getting that going. Yeah, no kidding. It makes a big difference, too, for the trees and shrubs when they get fertilized. And I know when people look at certain plants, and I like to use, there's a pub in the south end of Count Kildare's, Jay. He always, like, his flowers look, like, second to none. Like, but he, he totally looks after them. And some of the pubs and restaurants aren't quite as diligent as, as Jay is. But fertilizer and care makes a big difference, and that's the same with your trees and shrubs. Hundred um, percent. You know, you guys invest a lot of money in your trees and shrubs, um, so you know it's like a regular maintenance. You gotta kind of stay on top of it. Fertilize twice a season: once in the spring, once in the fall. We got you know some harsh weather here, so you know protect your investment and and do a you know deep root feeding. Keep everything nice and healthy. No, absolutely, and. Uh... I guess if people were looking, I guess the end, we're already done on the birch leaf miner. They're they're wrapping up uh, this this week coming. Um, and then the other thing that's going to be starting up this year really quick is oyster shells uh, scale spring. Okay, so what are we waiting for in that? Like, And when does that typically start? So it starts fairly quickly. I, I talked to uh, my bug guru this morning, actually, and uh, he was telling me that they're actually starting to emerge right now and should be, you know, completely emerged soon. Um, so now is going to be the time when they're in the crawler stage to spray. So, and this uh, is what we're talking about for the Ketoniasters that's getting devastated. They hit your yeah. willows. Your fruit trees. Okay. So, yeah, th- when they're in their crawler stage, it now's the time to spray because you can suffocate them. Uh, when they're outside a crawler stage, their shell gets hard and uh, they permanently attach themselves to the branch. And it's ineffective for pest control. Yeah, you can't. You just basically have to pressure wash them off or scrub them off or something. 
Yeah, so, and then the other thing to know about it too is it's not a one-and-done process. Uh, it's a, every single year you have to look for this window because um, if not, you're going to be, you know, rejuvenating your hedges well, uh, for them to regrow so you can kind of keep it under control. Yeah, and it's and it's it's really, um, you see it so much on our, and that's what's devastated our Katoni Aster um, population here in Calgary. It's just been, it's been horrendous. Like, it's been devastating, to be honest. Yeah, it's, and it's pretty clear to see, uh, just walk through most mature neighborhoods and you can see it. Um, so, you know, if, it, if the sections of the hedge are too far gone, you're going to cut them to grade and let them sucker back up. And then, you know, but do the spring, stay on top of it. Yeah, you know, and The best thing to do is be, you know, proactive and stay on top of it and just know that you have to, you have to control every season. Okay. And right now is the time and uh, we sell the stuff down at Spruce It Up for the same stuff that the pros use as the Pure Spray Green. Yeah, Pure Spray Green. You can use a Hort Oil. Um, yeah, so lots, lots of product down at the store to, to help you on that. Um, and you do want to try and do a couple applications here during uh, during the crawler stage. Okay, so you sort of would you do it every? Is there a rule of thumb like every three days, every five days, or just just as long as you're getting the two applications in in this window? So shooting shooting for like midweek, uh, doing your your twelve to fourteen day window, and doing every you know three four days. Awesome, and I guess the other thing right now is I know even with this rain, give your trees a good drink. Um, yeah, always, always important. Um, and then the the other thing too, I wanted to mention: uh, spruce trees, junipers, cedars had a really, really tough winter. Um, and and the product that we use for our deep root feeding also has an iron supplement in it, um, which is really important to uh, to get these to bounce back and get new growth and. Uh, regenerate them. No, and I, actually, there's that one you went to one house for me, one of our customers, and uh, and they they did the hedge, but they got to go back and do the big pine tree to try and we're going to try and revive that one a bit. So yeah, hundred percent. Awesome. Well, and that's uh, like now is what like you said, we're looking after our trees and shrubs, getting them. They're all emerging. But what do you think most of that red has been? Has it been the like the the frost burn or desiccation or? Yeah, some winter kill, some freeze dry. Um, you know, some of our, you have to mix it up here with, uh, with your soil, um, try and, uh, do some adamants in it with this iron and, and just get some of those proper nutrients. Yeah. We, we, and we have the iron chelates. If you just need something to get it going as well, we have the iron chelate water soluble that you can water into your trees and shrubs as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, all right, Mark. Well, I'll let you get back at it. I know you got the little guy there, and he's been very patient for you. I haven't heard him once. So yeah, I, got, I got two cartoons on here for distractions. Perfect. All right, Mark. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thanks, take care. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Says took a drink of coffee as I was going. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we do have Joanna Chudy on the other end. She's doing the texting like crazy for me. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. we got lots of people on the line. I'm going to go to I... No, where am I going? I'm going to Joe. Good morning, Joe. Whoops. I think I deleted Irene by accident. 
if you want to call back, Irene, I will get you back on right away. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I have a whipping birch tree in my backyard. It's about 30 years old. Okay. The top third of the tree is dead and bare. The rest of it, green, healthy, uh, except did, a couple of... Did that just branches. happen this year, or has it been no, like that? The, the top third has been like that for probably two or three years, so okay. it's kind of hanging in there. Um, I had one guy tell me one time that I shouldn't cut that part out, but I want to know if I can. Yeah, I... What typically, if you caught it earlier, and you still might be able to try it, because I've seen Rage Plus, there's something with birch trees and Rage Plus. I've had lots of customers have the top part of their tree is, there's no leaves up there. Yeah. And then they use Rage Plus, and it pushes life back up into them. But if yeah. it's been three years, I think we we're probably past that point. Okay. If it's typically the first year. What it is, it's just a lack of water, especially going into fall. Um uh-huh. Just too dry, going to bed a little bit. They like to be watered in any of the hardwoods, like the birch, especially when they get that big. It needs a lot of moisture to get to the top. And if there's not enough water throughout the summer and into fall, the trees go into self-defense mechanism is to they shed part of their oh. body, right? They, they'll, so they'll shut down the top part of the tree. Right, right. So I can uh, I can trim that dead part out. Then. Yeah, you have to wait till it's fully leafed out, though. Yeah. And uh, and then do that. And if it's something you need a little help with, you give our guys that prune it up. They'd be love to help you out with that. So, do I need to trim the uh, uh, trim the wound at all when I cut it? Um, depends how big it is, and that's um, depends how far back you got to go into it. Yeah. Typically, we don't like to put anything on them. It's just making sure that the you you cut it properly so it can heal. Right. Um, so if you're just leaving stumps, that's the hard part. Um, so we, we typically don't recommend using any kind of paste or anything. So, right. Okay. And, uh, just another quick question. Yep. Um, this past winter, I uh, didn't think it was particularly bad, but it seems that we've lost two nine bark shrubs. Is that been fairly common? Have you heard a lot of that this year? Not a ton. It's, uh, yeah. it is fairly early. Yeah. Not fairly early, but depends if it's in real full sun. Nine barks. It's funny. I was just driving by and I was just thinking I was going through the coffee drive through and uh, this morning I noticed that, and this is up against a west-south location, which is typically warm, and they should bud up pretty fast. Yeah. Um, these had not, they were just sending their buds now. So just make sure you give it a really good drink and maybe a shot of fertilizer, because okay. nine barks are pretty resilient. You don't see them die back too often. Okay. Very and good. you'll you'll see, if you do, they'll probably start coming up from the bottom a bit. And then you could just cut them back, and then they'll grow right back from the bottom. All right. Thank uh, you very much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm just looking at a picture of some trees for uh, for Joanna. And it looks like, I'm not looking at them for her, but I'm just seeing these trees, and they're they're big aspens, and they have uh, they have some wrap on the bottom. It looks like they had damage on the trunk. And there's plastic wrapped on them. That's what's doing them in. If you're missing all that bark area on that, I would say it's just um, there's some damage down there, and it, the trees are suffering up top um, without seeing it. But right now, I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I was talking about those aspens. Actually, it was uh, he's applied tango foot paste um, to help with the leaf roller. Right now is a really good time to look at using the pure spray green for that as well. Um, if you've had that on your aspen, spray the ground all around it with the pure spray green on your birch trees and uh, and aspens and things like that. And the pure spray green is a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil that is actually produced by Suncor here in, in the Calgary area. So it's a great product. It also works really good as a fungicide. It's great for roses. I love it. For, for roses, it's one of my favorite products because it will help with any of that powder mildew we get and the aphids and things like that. And I'm going to go to Irene as I cut her off earlier. I'm going to put her back up on top of the queue. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. Sorry about that. Oh, I thought that maybe my question was too hard. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Let's okay. see. <laughs> well, probably not. You've probably heard this a number of times. Um, I've had two uh, 30-year-old shrubs removed from my upper retaining wall. Okay. And one had a really serious case of black knot. Okay. Um, so it was a big old Schubert? Yes. Yep. And uh, it was... Um, so the, the space that the two... Uh, shrubs that were taken out is about eight feet by four feet by about three feet deep. Mm-hmm. So my question is, can you tell me what I need to do to amend the soil? And then if you have any suggestions for potential shrubs there or, you know, after that, because that black knot has been there in that uh, uh, shrub for probably, I'm going to say five years. And I finally got uh, a horticulture, uh, a landscaping company to come in and take it out. And it took them about two and a half hours to oh, no, take it's it a, out. It's a lot of work to dig those out like that I would just amend the soil I would just fill it back in like with a good garden mix something like that and you know what Irene I'm, yes. gonna, I'm gonna help you out I'm gonna Are give you? you a big yellow bag Yay! see since <laughs> I cut you off I got to redeem myself yes okay you're forgiven <laughs> <laughs> so and and then what you can order is just ask for one of the tell them what you're doing when you when you order it you want to okay. get one with the with the good garden soil is, would be great okay and then right. just fill it all in there and as far as shrubs um I think I would probably depends what you're looking for as height probably about four feet because it's uh the area from the front of the retaining wall where these shrubs were planted is probably about, I'm going to say about 15 feet to the back. Okay. And then there's some trees, and there's actually a spruce tree and a birch tree behind it. And then um, I know there's another shrub. So, I, I, you know, maybe four or five feet high, okay. I think would be my... What, what Ed, if, you, if, it, if at all possible, if you could just even just take a picture of that area and then even just pop into the store and either talk to Chris or Terry or myself. Okay, sure. Okay. And then we can walk you through the tr- tree lot a little bit, and then we can pick something perfect for you. Okay. Cause... And should I? Yeah, because I did send you a picture when I got cut off, uh, which you're now forgiven for. Okay. Um, but so would you want a picture? Actually, yeah, yeah, just of that area. And if Joanna sees it, she can probably help you out as well. Okay. Um, okay. But if you if you even just want to bring it on your phone with you or whatever. Sure. And okay. uh, when you pop in the store, Chris is great at that, and and Terry and and the crew in the tree lot. Um, they'd be more than happy to say, hey, this would work, and then you can see exactly, and if you like it, then you can get on your way. And But okay. again, I'm just going to say thanks to oh. Eagle Lake Landscape Supply, the good folks over there who are going to provide Irene with a big yellow bag free wow. of charge. 
and yeah. delivered right to your house with wow. uh, lots of juicy soil there for your for your new shrub bed there. And Yummy. There you go. <laughs> Great. All right, you. I'm just going to put you on hold. Courtney's okay. going to get your uh, all your info, okay. and uh, we'll get you set up for your for your big yellow bag. Thank you, Merle. All right, thank you so much. Bye-bye. 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 All right, and we got Irene on hold, and again, thanks to the good folks at uh, Eagle Lake Landscape Supply for that. And right now I'm going to go up to Bob. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Merle. Hey, how can I help you? Okay, um, I have two massive uh, low-lying juniper shrubs in my backyard yeah. with a spread of about over six feet. Yeah. And I don't know the name of one of them, but the other one is a golden fitzer. Okay. So in the spring, I cleaned out any of the dead branches and carefully pruned any of the areas that needed to be pruned. Yeah. And this year, I seem to notice that I did more pruning than in previous years. Now, I water them regularly, and I use plant prod, 30 yeah. and 10. And I had them looking pretty good, but now, uh, after a few weeks of doing that, I'm noticing that some of the branches, especially the golden fitzer, they're turning brown again. And if I touch one of the stems, they appear slightly hard, almost like they're drying out. Yeah. And I, I know the junipers are sub, you know, susceptible to tip blights uh, and things like that. But We don't um, see a I, ton I of that on the junipers. I, I think it's just remnants from a little bit of winter kill. Yeah. Um, check the... Go inside the shrub too and look and see. We've had so much mouse and vole damage on our junipers this year. I've never seen it before like this bad where they've gotten in and they've chewed the bark right off the trunk of all the, like a lot of junipers. I like, notice on the on the golden Fitzer Merle, I notice that a lot of the bark is peeling off, yeah. Yeah, but if it looks like it's chewed right down to the thing... Um, you, you, you'll have some, uh, unfortunately, some rodent damage of some sort. Um, but if it's just peeling off, like sometimes as those junipers get older, you're going to get some of that bark peeling. It just ages and then it gets kind of gnarly looking. Right. So just trying to decipher between those two. But if it looks like it's chewed right off and it's, and you can see the inner layer of the, of the, of the bark, then no. you know, then they've chewed it off. It's yeah, pretty no, distinct. I, I I don't I don't really see that. But like I said, I mean these things are beautiful and uh, they're a feature of the backyard. And I just don't want to lose them. No. I don't know what else. Just I can do. deep watering. That's all you can do. You're doing everything right. Just make sure you water really well first before you fertilize. Like give them a good deep watering. Like I like putting a soaker hose or something on there, just real slow trickle, or those sweating hoses for for two or three hours, just to get it nice and deep for them. And then you're doing everything right. The thirty ten ten. Um, well, and once we get some heat here, we'll hopefully see some new growth, and it can grow out of it. And now, uh, just, should I be cutting yeah, some of these dead? If it's brown areas again, hundred percent. Just trim them off. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. On those, I just take the ends off too, like just the brown part. Yeah, now, I'm not being excessive because it's just the yep. tips. So perfect. Okay. Yeah, just give them but a quick little haircut. Otherwise, otherwise uh, just let it go, and hopefully, as that's, the season progresses, it will uh, turn around. That's all you can do because a lot of that stuff isn't native to our area, and we've had a. And this last fall was really dry, and we've seen a lot of freeze drying because it. If we remember back October, November, and up until mid-December, we didn't really have any snow cover, right? No. So the ground went into freeze. And there was no moisture in the ground. Then the ground freezes with no moisture. There's nothing in there over the winter, and uh, can, and then we didn't loot, we didn't have any chinooks or anything where the where the snow melted this year. Like we had snow cover all the way through, so right. that it, it was been a bit tougher. So 
Um, again, fall watering is super important for all our bigger trees, especially when they get bigger, like the big birds, big junipers, things like that. Okay. Can uh, I ask one other question quickly? Actually, I'm just going to put you on hold. Okay. And then uh, I definitely will take one more from you. I just got to take a quick break. Appreciate that. All right. Going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go back to the phone line. Bob had uh, one more question. Good morning, yeah, Bob. Thank, yeah, good morning again. Um, just quickly on the junipers, can you overwater them? Um, if they're in a low-lying spot, absolutely, but then you'd see more of a yellowing look to them. Like if they're in a well-drained soil, like um, like whenever I plant evergreens in Calgary, I always, like if I plant a new evergreen or a new spruce tree or something, I always leave the pot to like an inch or two out of the ground. And if it's a bigger basket, like a caliper, I'll leave it like two or three inches popped up out of the ground and then I mound up to them. Because they they typically like growing like on hillsides and things like that is where, you, where you'll see a lot of the native evergreens in that grow. Mm-hmm. So they don't like to be in low-lying areas, um, buried too deep, but it, it's pretty hard to overwater them. Okay. Like I said, it's more the where it is is probably inappropriate than the, than the water. Okay. Now, quickly, my last question, and I'll let you go. Uh, I have a yew uh, shrub in the front, and the uh, tips were brown. I yep. removed them, yep. and I noticed that they are even more so now. What can I do to help get that plant revived? Yeah, same thing, 30 to 10, good water. Um, next Next fall, use a product called Wilt Proof. It's like a lip balm for your for your evergreens like that, for you, cedars, some of our tender, like the cowrie boxwood. You've seen a lot of that on the cowrie boxwood. It was just, we had lots of moisture, but it was so dry. Like, it would, there's been so much desiccation this year. Like Mark was saying from Prune It Up earlier, like we've never seen, like, for a long time, this much desiccation this year. On, on a lot of the evergreens. It's just so dry, and a lot of them just aren't native to our area, so you don't see a lot of junipers nat- like growing naturally here All or right. cedars or things like that, so we try to grow them. So there's certain times when they just, uh, some seasons it just it does them in. So it's, so, but there's things like, it's called Wilt Proof, and it's, it's a great, it's a natural product, and okay. it's, like a, it's like a lip balm mm-hmm. for, your, for your tender evergreens. And you do that in the fall? Yeah. Yeah, before okay. winter to help prevent this. It keeps the moisture in the plant rather than getting... Well, you know what? You come back from vacation in Colorado. If you ever go away in the winter, you come back and your skin feels so nice. And then you get back to Calgary and it I just... Know. Like, it I just know. You I can know. feel your it's skin. like sandpaper. Yeah. yeah. So it's... That's the that's the hard part. It's the same of our, on our trees and shrubs, though, right? They, they're yeah. living it all the time. They don't get to go away to a beach for a while, so they yeah. get to, they no, get to stay a, here. It's a very harsh climate to grow things it is. here. But so we can do it. We can grow. Rural, um, again, I just go back and just tip the, uh, cut yeah, the tips off. That's all you can do, and then just give it a good fertilizer that once a week with the 30-10-10 up until mid-July, and uh, hopefully that'll help get that thing going. Okay, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. All right, I'm going to go to Don. Good morning, Don. Hello, uh, I was just wondering, how deep uh, can a person dig around rhubarb to mix in organic matter without damaging their rhubarb roots? Um, I would only go like two or three inches. They're pretty pretty resilient, like it's a fairly big bulb structure. So if they don't have a lot of roots outside of the plant, it's it, they stay fairly contained within themselves. 
So if you're just mixing it around, um, you'll be totally fine. Like, and honestly, I would you can just turn over the soil like two or three inches, mix in your soil, and then just rake it in, and then the 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 good nutrients will just soak through into the into the root of the rhubarb. You can also use a really good fertilizer. Um, like that, like even this, an all-purpose twenty 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 is great for those. Um, also, um, for all your flowering, um, like a zero ten ten right now is good. So, like the fish fertilizer. So, do rhubarbs have a taproot, or is it well, not really. It's more of a big bulb, like a big uh, tuber. I see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, so two or three inches down, you won't damage roots. Yep, yeah, no, you won't hurt it at all. This they don't go right up beside it. Like if you just stay a couple, four or five inches away and just sort of turn it over, you don't need to get it in six inches deep because the nutrients down top, you mix in soil and then it'll it'll water in, and the the nutrients will soak into the roots. And how far from the main stem of the plant? I would That's just go like six inches, something like that. Six inches back from it. Yep. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. All right, bye bye. All right, I probably have time for one more before I got to take a break, and I'm going to go to Rob. Good morning, Rob. Morning. How are you, Merle? Good, good. How can I help good. you? Um, I got a whole <clears throat> whack of cedars in my yard, but I got two of them that are going brown. Yeah. It's I planted them, what, seven years ago. They were beautiful all the time, and then this year now yeah. the one is gone brown. <laughs> Same thing. I was just chatting with a couple other folks on the on the line. It's just, it's been a hard year, especially on cedars, things like that. Um, our winter going in like October, November, December, we're just bone dry and it just desiccates. And with evergreens, it always takes four to six months before we see the effects of something that happened previous because by the time they lose their the moisture in there and they just got freeze dried. So I, I wouldn't spend a lot of time. If it's gone pretty brown, I wouldn't spend a lot of time or money on it. I would just yank it out and... Uh, Pick up another one. So, but it seems to have green in the in certain spots. Yeah, if the majority like, of it is brown, though, like if I'd say yeah. over sixty yeah. percent, I would move on myself because it's never going to look like we don't have the climate or the or the wherewithal to to recover. It'll it'll be a while before your cedar recovers, unless you want to turn it into like a fancy topiary or something. You could prune off and just leave the couple of green spots and sort well, of play with some. You were talking about 301010 or what yep. kind of fertilizer would a guy try? Yep, that's 301010 is the one for evergreens. And again, I mentioned the product Wilt Proof. So what I would do is in the fall, like sort of September, I would give them a shot of the Wilt Proof, and it's that lip balm for all your tender evergreens, and I would spray it on then. And then maybe two times throughout the winter when we get a good Chinook day, go out and give it another shot of uh, of Wilt Proof. And it just gives it that protection over our dry, desiccating winters. The water in it won't, won't help. It no, today. if it's brown, they're, like, they're done. Like, it's just, it is what it is with those cedars. It's, yeah, uh, we, you touch it with your hands and they just, uh, you know, the, the, the needles just kind of fall right off. Yeah, no, I think you're, uh, like I said, before you could ever revive it, um, yeah. it's going to be a long haul. So I think I would, uh, we have some pretty big, nice six-foot cedars in there right now. <laughs> if they're hard, right? They're hard to, to grow. And I, I would stay away from the heavy clay ones that you see at the box stores. They're just field dug cheap right. cedars. I don't even bring them in anymore. They're just a pain. They don't do well. They just, I, they're just they basically annuals for sure. Yeah. Um, the one that I planted both at the same time, one looks fine. Yeah. No, it just plants are plants, right? Just like us. Some of us get stuff. Some of us don't, right? 
Yeah, so dig it out and then uh, go as deep as I can, dig it out and put another one in. Yep, that's all you can do. Yep, okay. and you're lucky to get cedars growing because they just don't typically live here. So if you if you got that many years out of it, that's good on you. And and uh, I would I would look at even possibly there's some other solution or other plants, um, upright uh, mountain pines, things like that. There's other hardier selections as well. Okay, because I got thirty foot cedars in my yard. Holy cow, that's awesome! A guy should yeah. come get some of those seed source from you and uh, and get the, that variety going again because that's uh, that's a good hardy cedar. Yeah, I got Gordon cedars. They're called. Yeah, no, yeah, we they... don't see those anymore. No, oh, I remember those. Huge. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you a picture sometime. Awesome, thanks, okay. Rob. Thanks, bro. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. All right, I got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. We got a couple minutes here before we get rolling. I'm going to go to actually going to go to Mary. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. How are you? Just a quick shout. Wow, I'm all right. We didn't get blown away at quarter to three. Yeah, that was that was quite the light show. It was wild out here. Yeah, and I have friends camping down in Nanton. They're all (laughs) packed up and gone home. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Sunday. You hit it. Yesterday was gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful. Anyway, I'm just wanting to thank you and Joanna for my beautiful flowering crabapple trees. Yes. They are gorgeous. Yeah, they're, they're all... exactly what I wanted. Awesome. And now is the time that they're they're hitting. That's, aren't they beautiful right now? Oh, and the birds are having a ball. You know what bird I seen the other day? I was just on a job site east of Calgary. I don't know if you get them in High River. A, a new one, Tanagers? No, I seen an Oriole. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. You're back from Ontario. Yeah. Beautiful. I haven't seen those since I was a kid in Drumheller. Yeah, no, gorgeous little bird like this. Aren't they beautiful? Yeah, it's just so nice that... Oh, uh, and I've got tree swallows here that are purple iridescent. So what do you do? Do you do anything to keep the swallows out of your buildings? No, I don't have them on my buildings. I give them boxes. Okay. And they catch a lot of mosquitoes, Merle. Yeah, that's what I was telling... Yeah, down in my garden, when I water at night, it's like an aerial show here. Okay. And they're catching... Mosquito, oh, they're wonderful. No, I have so no trouble. So you put a bunch of swallow boxes out for them, and that. Yeah, well, I just, I just got bird, bird houses. Okay, and they love them. All right, so Pat, and they love me. All right, so Pat and Brandy, if you guys are listening, um, they're they had a bunch <laughs> well, of barn swallows flying all over. On your your barn, they do make a mess. The only thing you can do is take the hose and hose them, and off. Hose them down, awesome. and that might discourage them, but they're pretty. Pretty resilient. Absolutely. When they start to build, look out, they're building. Yeah, how's the river looking everything in High oh, River? All good? Oh, it's high, is and it? my creek, my little bull creek is bank to bank. Yeah. Well, it's not going to flood. Good. No, no, it's not going to flood. All right. I, I told the... I told the gods, no, we don't no, need, we don't need that. We have enough going no. on this season. Yeah. Okay, my dear. All right. Yeah, thanks. You heard care. it here Thank first you. from Mary. And thanks, Joanna. Love All right. you. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Awesome. And, <laughs> and it's always good to hear Mary has a... Uh, she's usually fairly accurate on her uh, predictions as well, so I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put it, put it go against her on anything like that. Uh, and I'm just going to do one quick... 
I see someone, they have, uh, and it looks like their, their plants are just really, um, really veiny and not very green. So what you're going to need is some chelated iron on those, on those shrubs that you got going, iron deficiency. We have a thing, it's called chelated iron. You water it with, and just water it in and, uh, and that should help green those up pretty well. And, uh, yeah, actually I see, uh, um, Joanna had already answered. She's flying today. She's on. She's on fire up there. I'm going to take a quick break. At, we're at the end for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. And we actually have Janet Melrose on the line. She is the cottage gardener who has a new book out. With a cohort of, I can't remember her name. Good morning, Janet. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? Good, good. Can I just get you to talk a little louder? Oh, okay. Bring Is that the better? phone up. Yeah, that's close. Okay. Is that better? A little bit. Oh, um, I wonder what's going on with my phone today. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure. So how how is everything going? How is the gardening season taking off for you? Well, I think it's in the stratosphere, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been absolutely amazing. Um Hey, Courtney, I think my thing's still connected to you there. I th- I'm not sure. Pardon? Sorry, yeah. I was just, I think, I just had, there was one speaker on from the studio to, oh. to um, I was just, I'm having a hard <laughs> time hearing. I'm just going to put you on hold and just see yeah. what we can do with that. I think it's still connected where I was talking to you, Courtney. I'm not sure. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. We're just going to take a quick break. We'll get back. We'll figure this out. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And I'm going to try this one more time. I'm going to go back to Janet. Hi, Janet. Hi there. Does that better? Um, no, we're still, I'm having oh. some issues here with, uh, um, with the mic between the, with the building here. Uh, uh, but I'm going to just try really hard. I'm just going to concentrate on listening to you. It's just really you're very, very faint. Okay. Um, so you you guys have put out a new book. Do you maybe want to share with what you have? Yeah, well, actually, it's two books. So Cheryl Normandu and I are co-authors of a book series. So it's two books to this year and two next year and for as long as we wish to. So it's called The Prairie Gardener's Go-To for, and this year, couldn't pick a better one, vegetables. And because we care about our vegetables, the other book is Pests and Diseases, because you can't do one without the other, almost, it seems like. So uh, so they are on sale um, online through Amazon and Indigo, um, stateside even, Rand McNally, but in town also at Pages and Shelf Life Books. Oh, nice. Well. Yeah, so being picked up just about everywhere, and I'm going to brag a little bit. We were number one on Amazon Canadian Garden Books once uh, last week sometime, so it was kind of fun for the vegetable one. So, but Well, and, and your to... timing couldn't have been better, to be honest, oh, eh, Janet? Like... No kidding. Talk about ES. Well, not ESP, but fortuitous. Let's call it fortuitous. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, but... you got to be uh, lucky no. to be good. That's how it works. Yeah, you got to be lucky. So, you know, so it's great. But what I want to talk about today briefly is the fact we're doing a virtual book launch um, on the Alberta Gardening uh, Facebook site. So it's a, it's a gardening group 
but uh, we're having a, a book launch from 7 to 7.30, um, and uh, you can chat with us either virtually or, or through the machine. Uh, Cheryl's handling the mechanics, not me, and uh, ask questions, and we can have a conversation. So, you know, we thought we've got to have a book launch of some sort. No, so, absolutely. So, so if you're not a member of the group, of uh, the Facebook group, you can easily apply. They've always got an administrator handy. Um, and then you can join us at 7 o'clock tonight, and we can have some fun. Awesome. And, where, and what, where's, what site can they go to to, hear, to get that? It's Alberta Gardening. Okay. And they're just doing yeah. a live podcast sort of thing? and Yeah, that sort of stuff. I think it's Be Live. Okay. I am not a tech person. No, but so um, if they go to the Alberta Gardener website, there will be a spot where yeah, they can sign yeah. up or, or listen in? or Absolutely. So, yeah, just check out Alberta Gardening. There's 25,000 people in that in that Facebook group. It's a fantastic group. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so we thought, yeah, that's a great place to do our book launch. Awesome. So, awesome, eh? Yeah, so, no, yeah. And, and you guys are keeping up with the uh, supply of books then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure where total sales are right now, but I know that our publishers, Touchwood Editions, man, they're great. Um, they're keeping their fingers on the pulse of what's happening for sure. And, uh, you know, they're priced at $15 each so that they are meant to be affordable. They're meant to be in your back pocket or in your bucket so that you don't, you know, I expect to see some grubby books, not some pristine books uh, when I go out and about because that's what gardeners' books should look like, right? Absolutely. No, I have a couple like that. You just sort of, you finger through, you're looking for that solution when you're in the mud a bit and and you you finger through it and uh, go from there. There, yeah, and there's even a little section at the back for notes if you make your notes and lots of white page as well so that you can make notes right in margins and things like that. Um, that's important for gardeners. We well, we're going to have to get you to, out, to the, out to spruce it up and get you to do a yeah. little book thing and maybe we can, in the next phase of the of yeah. the social distancing, physical distancing, we can uh, can get yeah. you out there with some books and uh, and get them into the hands of some gardeners firsthand. Gardeners. Oh, absolutely. I'd adore doing that. You bet. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Janet. And we'll be chatting, I know. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. I'm going to take another quick break, and hopefully we can fix this up. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I think we got it figured out now. I'm going to go to Kim. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Good. I, I think of the Dorothy and Odo, and I'm looking at the clouds in the sky and last <laughs> night's booms, and I'm thinking, oh, we're going off to Kansas. Yeah, yeah I know. It was blowing pretty good. Some good lightning. Yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Oops. I think we lost you. Hello. Yeah, I think. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to go up to Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning. How can I help you? I really need help with these potato vines. Um, they were perfectly healthy when they came into my home, but <laughs> since then, not so much. And you're talking about the big leafy, like the lime green ones or That's the purple? right. Yeah. They are so tender and, and uh, like... I love them, but they're also the one of the nastiest. I like. I don't like if you have them outside a bit too early in the last cup in the last week or two. Any of the coolness, they just do not like it at all. 
Like okay. Any coolness. So just cut off what what is not looking great, and it'll come back up from the bottom. Oh, okay. Just don't they even just... waste any time. Don't waste any energy from the plant. Just they don't like that any of the cool nights that we had. If it's in the wrong spot, it just they they respond and they just look. They get all droopy and blah blah blah. Well, I've I've been trying to harden them off, bringing them in and out all day long. Yeah. Um, it's just it's something I'm not sure. Uh, they just do not like any coolness. Like they're just so tender. So, uh, when should I plant them in the window boxes? Um, well, you, you sh- well, typically June first, and this is the last day in May. Or <laughs> we should be okay, you would think. But um, maybe a week, week. Yeah, just on the cool nights when it's above five. Like it's just, and when they get close to that two, three, they they just respond horribly. Like they just do not like any kind of coolness. Like, well, my husband says he remembers me saying a few years back I was never going to work with them again, but I kind of <laughs> forgot because I like them. <laughs> well, they're gorgeous, right? They make a great foliage addition. So what you can do in the future is just put a four-inch pot where you would typically plant them in your planters, plant everything else, and just save a spot for those, and uh-huh. then pop them in when typically when you get into June Okay. Yeah, and but just cut off what's what the the root and everything will be alive. So just cut off all the ba- the spoiled foliage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I did. I say that right? Foliage, foliage. I, I know I, what I, you mean. I've anyway. had a couple of people tell me I say it, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it, when you get past two syllables, I struggle. So there you go. <laughs> so just cut okay. off all the spoiled foliage, and uh, and then it'll just come right back up. Give it a shot of fertilizer like 20-20-20 or 15-30-15, or even if, for those, if you want a bit more growth on top because you're dealing with foliages, 30-10-10. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for your help. All right. Thanks. Because right. get those going. They are gorgeous. So. Oh, I love them. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Thanks Thank so you. much, bro. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I think I got to take a quick break. You're listening. No, actually, I don't. Awesome, we took that one earlier, so I'm going to go to Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Hi. Hi, how can I help you? Um, I have Icelandic poppies, and they seem to be coming. They're coming up really well. The heads are nice on them, but then... They just don't seem to open. I, I would just be a little bit patient. They're waiting for this little bit of heat that we just had in that good rain. Um, and now we're going to get a little bit of heat coming up. Um, you'll see those poppies should start popping. <laughs> well, they seem to have the color inside. Like it yeah, seems no, like it's just a little one bit. One little leaf comes off, like one little side of the of the head comes off, and you can see inside of it. Yeah, it's just waiting. Yeah, they're just waiting a little bit more heat with those. Um, I'm seeing stuff like typically tulips are almost done. I've been up early, and there's a house that I look at in between out here on uh, between just if you go south of. 17th Ave on 29th Street, there's a house that has these garden globes and lots of tulips and stuff. Typically, they're in full bud and bloom right now. It's just starting to bloom. So if anybody's looking to do a drive-by a garden, um, it's just on the south side of 29th Street off of 17th Ave. They have a gorgeous um, tulip display. So. Okay. Yep. So just be patient. Um, I would give it some fertilizer. Fifteen thirty fifteen wouldn't hurt it as well. Okay. And uh, and hopefully that should. But I haven't seen any poppies blooming yet, so you you should be fine. 
Okay. And and do you need to add anything to those big yellow bags of soil? Like um, I, Some of them, make sure you get the right one. They have so many different varieties now. So if you want it for pots, make sure you get the potted one. Or if it's you're very fine. Yeah. So, um, but I told her I wanted it for, like, uh, garden vegetables. My son's building um, yep. raised beds for me. And yeah, that'll be perfect because if they're, it's just that nice, fine, easy to work with, it should be should be perfect. So I don't need to no, add no, compost full, or No, it's all pre-mixed. Or, it's oh, all pre-mixed. Okay. As, okay. as you grow in it, if it, they're in boxes, you'll need to amend the soil after that. But for the most part, you're you're good to go. Like for, they'd be okay yeah, for this for, year yeah, and absolutely. next year, amend it? Yes. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thank Have you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Rod. Good morning, Rod. Uh, good morning, Merle. How are you today? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, I purchased a couple of mandarin honeysuckles from a greenhouse, mm-hmm. and I planted them here in my garden in Lethbridge. Okay. And uh, they had beautiful bright green leaves on them, and I planted them. Now they've turned a burgundy color, but they're not drying, and they're growing. Um, I've got mulch on the bottom of the roots, yep. and I was just wondering if that's normal. How long have they been in the ground for? Uh, about two weeks. Yeah, so you've definitely had some cool nights. So what it is, it's just um, it's sending out some colors. It's gone through some coolness, and so that's really quite normal. It, you're just getting the pigment is coming out, and on cool nights you'll see some darker colors. Like when I, cl- when I climatize geraniums and stuff like that, um, you know, sometimes I can get really dark purple on some of the geranium leaves and things like that. And honeysuckles are another one of those ones where you'll get that. So, no, should be all normal. It should be great. Okay. So do, should I just continue watering normally? Nothing yeah. special then? Nope. Just as long as it's in a nice sunny spot, make sure you're giving it, it at least a good drink two or three times a week at least. Um, a little bit of mulch over top, and you should be good to go. Okay, wonderful. And, Thank you so and much. And fertilize with a fifteen thirty fifteen, something with a higher middle number to keep those gorgeous blooms in in abundance. Okay, will do. Thank you, Mo. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye now. Bye bye. All right. And now I'm going to go to Marguerite. Good morning, Marguerite. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I have this juniper. It's been in the ground in my front yard for about oh, I'd say twenty four, twenty five years. Yeah. And it's uh, the center of it is all yellow this year. And I can send you a picture right now. And I don't know, is this savable or should I just dig it out? Yeah, I'll I'll see if I can have a look at the picture. And Joanna will be getting those if you're sending it to the 974-8255. And I see yeah. them as well. Um, if it's just in the center, it could be just a shedding Um and they and the all the evergreens shed from the inside out, so sometimes they look bad at a certain time. But if it's over fifty, sixty percent, we might have some other issues. And then look at the bark closer, like on the main stems, and to see if anything's been chewed off. I've seen okay. a lot of that rodent damage this year, where the mice and the voles have got in there and uh, and eaten the bark off a lot of the junipers because they've okay. had full snow cover this year. Um, from January on there, like mid-December when we started, when it started snowing. And uh, and then the mice have and the voles have had a free reign on that with no predators to be visible. So oh, okay. they've just been in there, in there in their little thing, igloos, and eating away like crazy. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So have a look at that. Um, one thing I recommend: um, thirty ten ten fertilizer. But we'll have a look at the at the picture, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank well, you. One other question. Yep. Do your people dig out these things? Um, we do, but it. Uh, and if we're replanting new ones, we can definitely offer that service. Yeah, but we'll need okay. to just quote it out as some of those big old junipers. It's a lot of work. Right. Okay. All right. Thank Thanks you. Very much. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And actually, I'm right on the cusp of, of time. So I think I'll probably just go to break because we're at uh, 1028. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I just want to give a little shout-out to our whole team down at Spruce It Up. They've done such a good job, and um, we're working hard with the physical distancing, cleaning carts. We have arrows. So if you are coming out to the garden center, please help us out with the physical distancing. Keep the distance away. We have a very big space, so we're very fortunate out in the tree lot in that, but we just need your help as well. And uh, shout-out to Zoe for doing such a good job on the buying She's uh, kept us well stocked. We still, we just got a full load of annuals yesterday. I know they're in short supply around town, but we did receive a full full truck of annuals and we have two more coming this coming week. So we're going to try and keep uh, keep you covered with uh, your an- annual needs as much as we can. I know it's in short supply right now, so we're, we're, we're definitely trying our hardest um, to make sure that we keep the supply chain rolling. And I'm going to go to Larry right now. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. How can I help you? I have what I consider a pretty serious problem. Okay. I have about 25 three to four inch caliper trees, um, which are all in stress. Yep. Um, I ha- also got some pine, uh, mugos, and some uh, uh, baccarat spruce, which this year, which are doing great in the same soil. So I don't think it's a soil problem. I'm down here by uh, Vulcan. Okay. So last year, my elms, which were four-inch caliper, didn't do well, but they had leaves, not big leaves. And then halfway through the summer, they partially curled up. And I noticed in the town, some of the foot-thick elms were doing the same thing. Yeah. But out at... Uh, Foothills Nursery, I drove by there on Glenmore, and their leaves were unbelievably big and healthy and green, and everything was right. Yeah, because so they're watering what... properly as well? Yeah, I've been pouring on the water. Okay. I give them 50 gallons a time a week last yeah, year. slow and deep, which is perffect. Um, sounds like you you're, you got aphid infestation. And just check for scale on the bark. Are you getting lots of... Does, or is the bark on the elms looking really black or... No. Okay, uh, I would just say you got, if they're curling over the leaves, I would say you have a, some type of uh, aphid or something in on your elms, which they do get. Okay, and what about the crabs? I got 10 crabs, uh, a 3-inch caliper, and they've all come out in a leaf. The leaves are uh, sparse throughout the tree, but they're throughout the tree. Uh, I, w- I would say part of that is, is going into fall, Maybe they went to bed a little bit dry. Um, also, check the bark on the bottom of the tree, like on the on the base, like yeah. three or four a foot up, and just see if the mice or voles have chewed the no. bark off. Because I've seen so many big apple trees where the 
the bark has been chewed off the bottom of the trees. Yeah, I just bought those this year, and so uh, they were basketed <laughs> this year, and they're they're in good shape. Okay. That way. Okay, well, if they have, they've just I, been ba- so just make sure you water them really well. If they were just basketed, see, see these ones you just planted this year? Yeah, the, the crabs I planted this year. And they're not doing well? No, they're they're only 50%. Uh, these, so what I would do is just ensure that you put the water on just slow and deep again. Like just put it on, if you get those water bags or put a, yeah. get a, a five-gallon pail or 10-gallon pail and drill holes uh, in the bottom and just let it soak in there nice and slow. Well, I got a thousand liter uh, totes, and I put on fifty gallons, a big water well around them, then mulch. Yeah, the, a lot of times the well, it's again, just, if you put it all on at once, half of it ends up going washes away, like doesn't get down and through. It's just that really slow. Oh, if yeah. you can hook up a, a emitters, is the best. Like if you can hook up a hose to it somehow. Yeah. I got no way of doing that. Even if you have a pump tank. on your tank, you can hook a garden hose to it, and it'll just let it slowly, or buckets. It's just, yeah. that's the most important, because you got to remember those calipers are uh, three-foot by three-foot holes, so you got to get water down to the bottom. Well, and if you just dump it on top, a lot of, it, if, it's, if it's all at once, it doesn't get a chance to go all the way down. A lot of it ends up going off to the side. Well, no, it's not a water problem, because i got a okay. ring around it. The 50 gallons goes directly into okay. the ball. Then, uh, is there some sort of fertilizer I can spray on the leaves? I think that's my answer. Yeah, not really. Fl- you need to get your roots healthy. So I'd go more with a 15, 30, 15. After you water them, mix some fertilizer into your into your um, water wagon and, and just give yeah. them that. Typically, it's not that. Like, it's honestly, when you get newly planted, if they're dug properly and all that, it's um, it's it's typically a water issue I see with caliper trees when they first get planted. They don't get it down deep enough. So okay, now I got the following fertilizers. I got ten fifty two ten. Yeah, use that. Oh, okay, I got ammonium nitrate. That's no, real... t- don't use that. Don't <laughs> use that. <laughs> okay. Don't use that. Just and use got... the ten fifty two ten. And I got ten four four and just, twenty twenty twenty. Just use the ten fifty two ten. You want the high middle number. We want. We got to get the roots healthy. How, how much should I put in a uh, fifty gallons of water? I don't know like what I don't know what brand. No, no more than that. Um, I'm not sure what brand you have. If it's like Plant Prod or I'd put like a half a cup in the fifty gallon, something like that. Oh, okay. Alrighty. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Bye bye. Um, I got time for one more quick one. I'm going to go to Kim. Sorry, we cut you off there, or something <laughs> happened with the phone there, Kim. Well, you know, I was thinking, I'm going, well, I've got my wrong gardening outfit on or something. There you go. Um, hey, I have a question. Um, I, I've had some wonderful friends give me some of their, we don't want this anymore, give it to Kim, anything will grow in her yard. So one is, um, several are uh, goji berries that were purchased at Costco about five years ago, and they brought them to me in the early spring, so they were just sticks. Yeah. and. Out of the five, three really leaped out very well. I've moved it into a quarantine nursery in the back of the yard, a quarantine nursery. So what must I do to get the other two going? Again, um, I, I would just use like the same type of fertilizer I was just talking about, like that 1052-10, something. Yeah, high middle number. Okay. Yeah, that's all yeah, you need. Okay. Get the roots healthy. Rage Plus is another good one. So Okay. All right. Thanks, uh, Kim. Second question uh, with Wichita Blue 
raspberry, black raspberry, sorry. I know the black um, berries don't grow where we live. Um, they grow in BC, but Wichita black raspberries. I haven't seen those on any of our avails from our growers. Okay, okay, so it's a hit and miss. Yep. Okay. Thank you. All right. Take care. Enjoy the, enjoy the lovely weather we're going to have. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone. And I haven't done any of my liners. I should probably just do one real quick. (laughs) It's been one of those days. Ah, Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's Trusted Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. I'm going to go to Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. Oh, morning. How can I help you? Well, I just want to tell you that I've been listening for, oh, 12 or so years uh, since uh, retiring, and I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Now, um, I have a, I don't know if it's a problem or not, but... Uh, I took some of my garlic uh, cloves that I had that were getting dried out. Instead of throwing them out, I threw them out in my flower bed. And now they're actually, they're getting green. They're coming out green. Now, I just want to know, is that poison or can it be eaten? Oh, no, those will turn into garlic bulbs. Yep. No, you'll be fine. You can eat them. I can, can I cut the green off and put them in salad? Well, you can. That's the garlic snipes or whatever that, some people love that. So absolutely. I can do that, eh? Yep. No, and, and then just let it continue growing in the ground, and you'll get a bulb in there. Okay, so. great. Thank you very much. Some people have a hard time doing that, so you just throw them out there, and off they go. So. Well, yeah. No, I, I, well, I didn't really throw them out. I kind yeah. of put them in there. I thought oh, nice. I wanted to see what would happen. Awesome. Oh, another thing. Um, my, um, my daughter bought me a few years ago a small cherry tree and also a Nanking. Now, the Nanking is just... Uh, really full of blossoms but the little cherry tree it's got only about two branches that have um uh, white blossoms on now it looks like it's half dead but i don't know yeah just i what i do is make sure you give it a good slow deep watering right now and possibly some fertilizer like 15 30 15 it's been a hard year on some fruit trees as well like i was saying to people earlier like if it goes dry we've had lots of winter desiccation Okay, I'll do that. Thank yep, you very much. Give it a much. good shot, and uh, hopefully it'll be a little slower than the Nanking to begin with as well. So it might just be, and I've seen that lots on trees where part of it gets going, and then the other half comes up a little bit later. So Is, is it right that I have to have the two of them so that they uh, Yeah, they pollinate? cross-pollinate, yep. Okay, great. Thank you very much, bro. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I got time for one more here before the break. We're going to go to Diane. Good morning, Good Diane. Good morning. I have some cedar bushes, and they're very mature. They're about 30 years old, and I trim them every year. They're very healthy. Yep. But this year, I, I had some brown spots on them, yep. and I've been told that they will eventually come back, and it might take a couple of years, but I should take off any of the dead if it's, off any of the dead stuff. Yeah, anything that's brown, they won't. that won't come back and turn green again. So. Now, my question is, is, is it too harsh to trim the bushes this year? No, I, I would still take off any dead, damaged, disease branching, absolutely, because then the plant, it tries using its energy to refurbish or re- get that stuff going again. So it, that's why it's important to work with a good arborist or if you, and some of that stuff you can cut off yourself. 
is keep your trees nice and healthy. When we leave all kinds of deadwood on our trees, it makes it really hard on them. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so, and then this fertilized 301010 um, is, is great for them, and that'll help uh, fill in those dead spots. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, bye-bye. All right, actually, time for one more. We're going to go to Bryce. Good morning, Bryce. Yes, hello, how are you? Thanks Good. for taking my call. Of course, how can I help you? I have four Swedish columnar aspens. Yep. I planted them about four years ago. Okay. And this year it's very strange. One of them has already gone through sort of the, you know, the brown leaves and now they're green. Yep. And the other three, they're sort of buds, but they're not doing anything. They're just staying in this tiny little bud. Yeah, aspens will do that on us once in a while. Like sometimes some will pop up and some will just wait a little bit. What I would do is just ensure that you're given a good shot of water. A little boost of fertilizer probably wouldn't hurt. Um, even on those to get them going, like a 30-10-10 or a Rage Plus would be great for that right now. Give it a good a shot. 30-10-10 for an aspen. Yeah, because you're looking to good growth up top is what we're trying to do. Okay. Um, and if they're, as long as they've been healthy and there's no um, bark damage or anything like that. So the the first number is for growth. It's an evergreen fertilizer, but it can also be used if you're trying to push something, right? And that's sort of what we're trying to do with that. Great. Yeah. Okay, well, hopefully it works. Yeah, just give them a good shot of water, too, first, and uh, and then you should be good to go. My gardening guy thinks I overwater everything. I don't know. I'm always worried to give them too much water, but... Um, it's hard to overwater them. Depends if there's good drainage. If they're sitting in a low spot, it depends how you water. Like I like watering, and I talk about this a lot. Like just that slow and deep. If you water on top all the time, like ten times a day, or you know, with the which is just irrigation system, a lot of times it doesn't do them as well. You you got to get the water down nice and deep, and then that just keeps the trees healthier. If we just use our irrigation system, we're typically only watering the first two inches of our soil we never get the water down deep enough and then the trees if they only use half of their root system so it's really important to do that slow deep watering that's why i like those sweating hoses um a slow trickle out of the of just putting a sprinkler on just barely where it just comes out of the sprinkler stuff like that just a slow slow watering so it soaks into the ground okay great Uh, all righty I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Bryce. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. All right. And I got time for one more. These are going good. Let's go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Oh, good morning. How can I help you? I, I'm calling because I'm pretty discouraged today. Okay. I have some dwarf fruit trees. Okay. And uh, I've had them six or seven years, and they've been doing pretty well, um, except for this year. Now I have three on the northeast side of my yard that look like they're dead. And the ones on the southeast side are covered in blossoms. I also looks like I've lost half my rose bushes, and I'm wondering, is it lack of water, or is it it's, winter? It, or? It's winter kill. That's when I've had lots of callers today, and we've had lots of desiccation over this past winter because, again, last fall was really, really dry, like October, November, December. We went into winter just bone dry. 
And if they're not getting any water in those times, when they go to bed, it's a long haul for them to go the winter, and it, and it was quite cold. We've, so a lot of stuff got so just freeze-dried. even if it's frozen outside, should you be watering? Well, like, no, it's important to water before it yeah. freezes, because if the ground gets too frozen, and, and we didn't get any of our Chinooks, where usually we get that winter water gets soaked in nice and slow when the snow melts. Okay. This year, we didn't have any of that, right? Like it's just, yeah. So it just, should I just give up on my fruit trees? I love them. The cherry tree. I made jam last year. It was just, the first year just they check. Did really well. Yeah, some are slow. Like even in our nursery, we're having some that are slow. I'd go there, just put the hose on each one, just really slow trickle for a couple hours, get some water down into the root system, okay. hit it with a shot of fertilizer, like fifteen thirty fifteen. Okay. And uh, and see what you can get. So I shouldn't cut them down yet. Not yet. No, it's still no. it's it's still May, right? Okay, We're still. Yes. It's still bitterly summer. Like they're like humans. Like they're not all the same. They don't say, "Okay, it's May 18th. I have to be out by that time." Like they're they're individual living beings, and uh, some take a little longer than others. Depends on the sun. Um, on those two, just if if you need to cut them back, see what where the green starts coming. If it if it goes down pretty low, you can just take them right down low, and then they'll shoot up new new branches from the bottom. Okay. Well, after this, I'm, like, ready to just give up. <laughs> no, don't give up. It's just sometimes we need to water, yeah. and sometimes we forget in the fall that sometimes some of that gardening at that time of year is... Well, I was more careful, and I even bought the tree water bags. Yeah, see, those are and, perfect, but yeah. we just got to make sure we use them going yeah. right up until freeze up. Like, that's... Okay. It's super important, especially with our hardwoods, like birch, maple, fruit trees, um, all need that to go to bed frozen. Okay. All righty. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Lynn. Bye-bye. All right. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open. I might have time to take one or two. Um, 403-974-8255. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to try and go through a few calls here fairly quickly. We're going to go to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Hi, Dumero. Thanks good, good. for taking my call this morning. How can you know, I help this you? Is probably the most common question you've ever heard, but I'm having some serious troubles with my grass. I've got a year and a half old dog, and it's patchy everywhere. Yeah. I've been meaning to come out and see you, and I just haven't been able to do it. So what can you tell me here that I where I can start? Okay, does he typically go in one area or is it all over? It's all over. We got it all over the place. Okay, so what I would try and do is try and train him a little bit to keep it a little bit more contained in one area. We we do have a great product called Dog Spot Prevent, and okay. it helps it neutralize the urine in the soil. And when you use it in combination with our Green It Up lawn fertilizer, you basically, it gets rid of all your spots and it'll be able to recover. You'll see a few spots in the spring, but it recovers so quickly that you forget about it really fast. Now, um, now, now for now, with respect to repair, is there anything I can yeah, do Yeah, so what you need to do is give everything a really good hard raking, get rid of all the all the dead grass in there. Yep. Um, and then I would fertilize with the Green It Up lawn fertilizer. Okay. And then I would put in all those dead patches. Um, if there's lots, um, you can either use the hemp scents, works really good. I mix that. I put that into a five-gallon pail, and then I mix my grass seed right in there with it. Okay. And then I just put that in all the patches and then just water it in really well because it holds moisture really well, the, right. the hemp scents. And then I put, sprinkle a little bit of grass seed on top again. 
and then just keep it wet, and within a couple of weeks, those spots will fill in like nothing. Anything uh, with respect to grass seed, I know there's a bunch of them out there. Does it matter what type? I would just get, like, the Manderley one that we have. It, it's good because it's the same blend that they use in the sod, so it'll match most grass in here in oh. Calgary. Okay. And uh, and that's that would be it. And then the dog spot prevent needs to be applied three times a year on your lawn, and then that neutralizes the urine of the of the dogs. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your advice. I truly awesome. appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Bye bye. Yeah. Unfortunately, actually, I can probably do. I can probably do Fred real quick. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. I'm calling about my linden tree. Okay. Uh, it's five years old. Last year, it developed these three-foot leaders, three yep. of them. Yep. And you said the tree finally rooted, and that's an indication of it. Yep, that they start now, taking off typically at that point. Right. Now, this year, the leaders haven't developed any leaves. Okay. Uh, and should, the rest of it I has? And the rest of the tree has fully leafed out or is leafing out? Okay. I would just give it a little bit, but definitely if you don't see anything up there, you can trim those off. Just make sure, give that linden a really good, like a big drink of water, um, even a fertilizer like a 20-20-20. But, but I would just give it a good shot because it's got to send the, the water all the way up to the top up there. So just ensure that it gets a really good drink. I'd be a little bit patient with it. Give it till about mid-June before you do any snipping. Great. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks, Fred. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, again, and then Dolores, I'm going to take you off air. I just want to thank everybody for participating today. It was great. And uh, and next week, we'll get your garden on right here on Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.